With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Roberta Glass, and today we are listening to WJZ in Baltimore lie about Adnan Syed's case for five minutes straight with Alexa. Stay tuned. So on Monday, May 1st, WJZ, which is the CBS affiliate in Baltimore, came out with a story on Adnan Syed called Adnan Syed Case, Family Hopeful Supreme Court Will Look at Case. It's a five-minute news or non-news piece, depending on your perspective. And I'm going to talk, I'm here to talk about it with Alexa, who was Adnan Syed's biggest supporter and then had a change of heart. So welcome, Alexa. Hi, Roberta. Thanks for having me on the show. Thanks so much for talking to me about this. So let's just get in and play the roll the tape, shall we? Let's go. One of the most high-profile court cases in Maryland's history, and it has gained international attention. Nearly 20 years ago, Adnan Syed was convicted of murdering his former girlfriend, Heyman Lee. But in the years that follow, there's been growing doubt of his guilt. The reasons why, examined in a wildly popular podcast called Serial, and most recently, an HBO series. For decades, it's... So, first off, it makes it sound like the public for years was incredibly focused on this case. They were aware of this case, and, and Serial capitalized on the public's right. outrage. <laughs> and just the intense public interest, they made a podcast about the case to appease people. Right. And nobody had even ever heard of it. Right. Nobody had ever heard of it. And it the wasn't... reason Serial was made was because the Syed family's close friend, a creepy lawyer named Rabia, sent at, watched the West Memphis 3 documentary at 3 o'clock in the morning and sent an email to Sarah Koenig. Like, there was no public interest. Right, to create public outrage. There were, there was no, no one knew. It, it really is as if, as if it's like the public could not get enough Adnan Syed uh, case and were so disgusted by the injustice. It's so, so true. Manufactured outrage. Yeah, manufactured outrage. It wasn't like serial manufactured that outrage. So moving on. It's been a roller coaster of lower courts ruling in favor of a new trial and higher courts overturning those decisions. Tonight, 
WJZ reports Syed's lawyer will now see if the U.S. Supreme Court will consider this case. In a rare interview, I speak with Syed's devastated family. Every day, you know, we are hoping for the best. Every day, Shaman Rockman cries, missing her son and what her happy family once was. In those moments when you think about what has transpired um, from the beginning to now, how would you describe what your life has been like? We don't have no life in... We are not like a normal family anymore. But that wasn't always the case. Adnan, what... Okay. So she says, we have no life and we're not a normal family. So I'd like to take the first point that Adnan's mom makes. No, you and your sons have a life. That's who's being interviewed. Uh, Adnan's mother and uh, Adnan's brother. And Anand all have a life. Heyman Lee does not have a life. Uh, so true. And your son is convicted of her murder. And to say you're not a normal family, that happens when you're convicted of murder. I don't know if there is such a thing as a normal family, but if there is such a thing, it might make you a little abnormal to have a son in Supermax prison. Correct? I mean... I just can't even think of any worse thing to say. You know, if I was the parent of a convicted murderer and I was trying to get him out, like, could you think of a more insensitive thing to say than start out with, we don't have no life? When you're talking about a murder of a young, innocent girl and you're talking about how you don't have a life? Uh, I know. It's so crazy that you would even say that. you think it was okay to say that. It's very strange. Let's move on. Was a stellar student, an athlete, who shared a forbidden love with Amen Lee. Both of their parents disapproved for religious reasons, and the secret romance ended. In January 1999, Lee disappeared. Her body found a month later buried in Lincoln Park in Baltimore City. Police built a case against Syed, largely on the testimony of this man, Jay Wilds, met more than 20 run-ins with police, including aggravated assault against a former girlfriend. Against a former girlfriend. I just cut it off right at girlfriend. But what's wrong with that? 20 arrests. Well, they said, yeah, Jay Wilde's 20 run-ins with police. And that was, okay, even if it is 20 total ever in his life, there was only one when this case happened. When he testified at trial, there was only one. And definitely the domestic abuse stuff didn't happen. Like, this is way later in his life. They're trying to make it sound like he was a, career criminal and abuser who got on the stand and uh, testified. And and to make it look like the police overlooked someone who had been arrested 20 times and turned their eye, had tunnel vision for the honor student. Exactly. And it's like a, trying to be like a subtle like jab. They like to make sure they added in there, including assaulting a former girlfriend or whatever. Like maybe he's the one who killed Haven because he has a history of assaulting women. Right, just to put a question mark, because he's the one with all the information who, who gave up Adnan. And exactly. So, so um, let's continue on. Friend, Wilde struck a deal, claiming that Adnan asked him to help bury Heyman's body. He quickly became the centerpiece of their case, despite changing his testimony multiple times. While he pled guilty to accessory after the fact, Wild served no time. 
He is a free man who now lives in California. The police. Okay, so, yes. <laughs> I mean, they make it sound like it was just his word based on nothing. Not like he led the police to the car, to the body, uh, that it was backed up with cell phone records. Yeah, well, he knew how... She, her body had already been found, but he knew what she was wearing. They're like, what was Hay wearing? And in the interview tapes, you can hear him describe perfectly her outfit and the way she was buried, like, on her side. That's right. And yeah. And yeah, the cell records corroborated his story. And then there was Jen and not her real name, Kathy, who also testified about that day. Right. It wasn't just his word at all. Right. So it's not just like... You know, he was just given up to say, like, that Jay saved himself and fingered Adnan to save himself this innocent, you know, great student. And he wasn't, Adnan wasn't such a great student. He was like a C student, from what I understand. Yeah. And he was, he skipped class all the time. You can find on Reddit, they have, like, his report cards and stuff, and he was always skipping. Like, the day of her murder, he was only in class for one period. And then he showed up again at the very end, like the last part of the final period and was skipped all day and that was his usual okay so here we go where didn't do their job they were just fixated on Adnan so they wanted to point everyone towards him all uh, all the direction and every everything had to be pointed towards him and they painted a narrative. They didn't check anyone else. The family also... Okay, so they didn't check anyone else out. Strangely... Oh, my God. They didn't interview anyone else. They just found Adnan and was like, case closed. And they led everyone... And he says, everyone and everything they pointed. Meaning, it sounds like he's saying that they gave Jay information or that they told everyone to, to, to finger Adnan. Well, that's part of the whole supporter thing is not only was Jay fed all this information from the police, but also so was Jen. Like, there was a whole thing with them getting her uh, an attorney also, and they think that they threatened her with God knows what so that she would also lie on the stand. And, um, you know, the detectives, like, the sometimes they even say this, the anonymous phone call tip that pointed them at an in the first place. They tried to say that that never even happened, and the cops made it up. Yeah, you have to do a, me a lot of mental gymnastics, and even still, um, I think we can talk a little bit more about this later, but even still, to this day, there hasn't been one narrative that really makes sense uh, uh, that involves anyone but Adnan. Well, and how can they say they didn't investigate anybody else? Well, Hayes goes missing, so... They need to start looking at people close to her. Why would they not start with the ex-boyfriend who she just broke up with for somebody else who was heard asking her for a ride that morning and lying about why he needed a ride? Like, why would they not start with this guy? And then, you know, he later changes his story. And even if they hadn't looked at anyone else, like, there's no reason to. When the first person you look at has one of these gigantic red flags, uh, maybe you should stick with that. And they made sure, you know, Don was at work. They got his alibi. But there was nobody else that would want to hurt her. He was the only one. And what? don't forget that she was murdered in the absence of any other crime. Like, she wasn't robbed or raped or anything. She was manually strangled to death. 
You know, like, who else would do that besides your ex-boyfriend? By the guy who wrote, I'm going to kill on one of her (laughs) notes. I always forget about that note. Yeah, I love how supporters are like, well, who hasn't said in jest that you're going to kill? Yeah, maybe vaguely. Not, you know, writing on the the note to the person who ends up dead. That's never happened to me. Exactly. It's like, who have you said that about that ends up murder? Right. And saying is very different than writing, too. I think there's also a difference there. True. And no one's ever ended up dead who I've said that about. So, or said that or written it about. So, okay. And it's right on her note, the note she broke up with him on. Right. It's not like a random scrap piece of paper. Oh. And she strangely was afraid of him and being asked to, you know, asking a teacher to hide her. So, yeah, Miss Shaw. Yeah. Um, I guess, she, okay. So we'll, we'll move on. Also says a key alibi witness was never called to testify in Syed's defense. Asia McLean, who appeared in the HBO documentary series The Case Against Adnan Syed, insists he was in the library with her at the time police claim Heyman was murdered. Asia wrote to Adnan while he was in jail. I'm not sure if you remember talking to me in the library on January 13th, but I remember chatting with you. Depending on the amount of time you spent in the library that afternoon, it might help in your defense. But this and other facts... Okay, so let's talk about that Asia McLean letter. So there are some many things that are highly suspicious about that letter, and there were classmates of Asia McLean, one who uh, got in touch after Serial and uh, signed a sworn affidavit. Can you read some of that? Yeah, well, she first she... Uh sent an email to uh, Thero Vignaraja, the guy who was prosecuting uh, the case, and she told him what she knew, and then she put in an uh, affidavit. Her email, hello, my name is, and then it's redacted because her name isn't public or her image or anything. She says, I'm not even sure if I'm contacting the right person, but I'm hoping, I hope I am. I was going to stay out of it because I didn't think Adnan would be granted a new trial based on her fabricated story, but seeing as he has, I felt it important to come forward. Asia McLean Chapman's story about seeing Adnan in the library the day Hay was killed is a lie. I very much remember, as does Redacted, which is her sister, having a conversation with Asia in our co-op class about Asia saying she believed so much in Adnan's innocence that she would make up a lie to prove he couldn't have done it. Both my sister and I argued with Asia about how serious the situation was. She just said that it wouldn't hurt anything, that if he was truly guilty, then he would be convicted anyway. I'm sure, I'm not sure what you can do with any of this information, but I felt I had to let someone know. Thank you for your time. And the affidavit uh, goes into more detail, but that's a good summation of of what it says. Um, Don't you agree? Yeah, and her sister also uh, willing to testify that she's lying. Nope. Now, whenever I even hear the name Asia McLean, it just like gives me anxiety, <laughs> and I just cringe because she's such a horrible witness. And if you read her letters like thoroughly, like they, you know, say some of them and some of what she says in serial, and you can find like little clips here and there. 
But if you read the full letters that she sent him when he was in jail, it's so obvious that she's lying. Like, she talks about, um, I can help you account from your time to two to, from two to eight. But yet, supposedly, she only saw him in the library from uh, 3 to 3.15. How can you help him account from his, for his time from 2 to 8? 2 to and 8 just, in the day. 2 to 8. Yeah. Some of your missing time or unaccountable time? And if she, yeah, if she hasn't talked, if it's literally the day after he gets arrested, so and she hasn't talked to anybody about anything, nobody's telling her to do this or whatever, how would she know what his unaccounted for time is and that it was from 2 to 8? It's... Very suspicious. And he was also wondering about the mail going out and um, whether they were going to read it. And it, Yeah, how scrutinized it was or whatever. Yeah, so it looks like he really was was hoping that she would lie for him or looking for people to give him an alibi or solicit yeah, an alibi from prison. Like, she was like, oh, you know, I remember it because it was the first snow of the year. Well, no, it wasn't. It wasn't the first snow of the year, and it wasn't even snow. It was an ice storm, and so you weren't snowed in anywhere. It wasn't the first snow of the year, and honestly, it does seem like somebody put her up. If it wasn't him himself, it was probably someone in his family. I mean, she does talk about going and visiting his family's house, but that's also a lie. I mean, maybe she did, but the day she said that she went, it couldn't have been because that would have been the day of his bail hearing. So there's just so much wrong with everything she says. She's the worst witness ever. Right, and maybe Gutierrez uh, thought didn't want to put her on the stand as a witness. Didn't want yeah, to well, risk he, her. Yeah, re- well, it was a lie. Right. He didn't want to suborn perjury. It's just so frustrating that the supporters make it sound like it was some kind of, um, you know, horrible oversight that that Asia McLean wasn't called. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay, so moving moving onward. ...were ignored by Syed's counsel, Christina Gutierrez, who was later disbarred and who now is dead. In attorney Justin Brown's Baltimore office, there are volumes of files, most of which chronicle key factors for consideration of a new trial for Syed, including there is no DNA evidence linking Syed to Heyman's murder, the alibi witness, Asia McLean. Cell phone records do not place Syed at the scene. The key witness for the state has a long criminal record, and his story changed on multiple occasions. Okay, so let's go through that. First, there's no DNA evidence. First off, let's talk about Jay Wilde's, um, what, he told the co- what he told the cops about Adnan wearing gloves. Yeah, right? and his first statement with the police, his first recorded statement. They uh, are asking him about that day, and he's talking about it, and he says, you know, when I pulled up, Adnan's standing there wearing gloves. I'm like, like red gloves, he said. He's like, I'm like, why are you wearing gloves? And he talked about later when they were at Potasco State Park saying, like, you know, I was worried I didn't want her to, like, scratch me and get my DNA under her fingernails. It was something he was very aware of. Right. And nobody else brought up gloves. Like, gloves had never been talked about except for, the one witness who was there that day, and not even just by his words was there that day, Adnan, for what he can remember from that day, knows that he was with him all day that day. Right. And so let's just also open up the prison doors because very few homicide cases are solved by DNA, too. They make it seem like it's such a, so such such an exonerating fact that there's no DNA evidence 
but most cases are solved without DNA evidence. I think last time I looked, one of the most recent figures is like 10% or less of homicide cases even involve DNA at all. And, you know, it would be something to point at maybe if there was DNA found and it was like, you know, linked to an unknown person. But there is no DNA. It's not like there's DNA pointing at someone else, you know, and not Adnan. There's just no DNA. Right. And for more on that, you can listen to the last um, episode we did together about about um, the DNA evidence. Um, and also, so we've dealt with Asia McLean. And let's talk about the cell phone. Uh, the, the cell phone pings don't implicate Adnan Syed. I mean, what a statement. I think, like, the sounds like cell records don't place Syed at the scene. Really? Right. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? They place them directly at the burial site at the exact time Jay admitted they were burying her. And incoming calls are not. It's ridiculous to think that that's just a fluke, that it just so happened to ping, you know, at, at that exact time, at that exact place. And it's not even just those two, you know, pings that make him seem so guilty. It's all the other calls. The, you know, January 13th is the only day that uh, Jen's number is, like, ever called from his phone ever. Never again does he call her. But January 13th, they're calling her over and over again. Um, this phone is pinging all over the place all day when he's skipping school with Jay, and they're in West Baltimore. Um, later that night, it just proved that he was at the mosque, like him and his father tried to say, because it was pinging across town. And the cell phone records are very damaging. It's ridiculous to say that they don't place them at the scene. Yeah, that's just sheer, sheer propaganda. So... But despite two Maryland courts deciding Syed should get a new trial, the state's highest court overruled their vote four to three. So now there's only one place you can go. The next step is to petition to the Supreme Court to see that we've come so far that so many other judges and so many other courts have said, hey, this guy deserves a new trial. We're not asking anyone to, to let him set him free. We're asking for a new trial. It is even more devastating for the Syed family, who want nothing more than justice for Adnan. Their family torn apart. Adnan's father quit work. He has become a recluse, staying in his room, coming out only to go to prayer at a local mosque. He makes a rare appearance during our interview, quickly exiting the house. His health and that of Shaman, at times, failing. But even though he's going through all this, he still goes to prayer. Yeah. Oh, of course, yeah. That's the only thing to keep him alive. Keeps us all alive. I'll help us, you know. Our faith in God. Everyone involved in this case acknowledges a life was lost. And Heyman Lee's family is suffering as well. The Syeds want justice for her as much as they do for their son. Her family declined to be interviewed. And for weeks, we made repeated requests for prosecutors to talk about this case. They would only issue this statement, which says in part... The Court of Appeals' most recent decision clearly outlines the reasons his appeal was denied, presenting all the evidence that upholds his conviction. The entire Maryland Court of Appeals ruling is posted on WJZ.com. Okay, so there are many things, and kudos for WJZ for posting the Supreme Court of Maryland's ruling, but they didn't have enough time or they didn't want to read 
<laughs> even a small a sentence from it. Not even a sentence. And and did you notice again the Adnan uh, Syed's mother and brother are saying that the only thing that keeps them alive is prayer. And you know it, it, you have to think that that again is very callous when Haman Lee is not alive due to their well, I, son. Nothing's keeping her alive. Thanks to thanks to Adnan. And the claim of um, they want justice for her just as much as they want him out of jail. Oh my gosh, please. That is just and when that hashtag justice for Hay, which was a hashtag by Adnan Syed supporters with sweeping Twitter, I, I just it would make me rage. It's it's so disrespectful to Heyman Lee and her memory and to her family. And her family believes and I believe correctly that Adnan Syed is responsible for yeah, Heyman Lee's it. death. Right. And it's got to be terrible for them. And he says, uh, so Heyman Lee's family suffering too, like also as well minimally compared to the Syed's when she, she's the one who's dead and right. and, not coming back. And you pointed out before, uh, before we started uh, recording that Heyman Lee's mother was weeping so uh, so loudly and so intensely during the trial that the judge had to ask that she be removed on multiple occasions. Yeah, that's so sad. I mean, it's so sad. I mean, we will never know the depths of the sadness and the, the that kind of loss that Heyman Lee's um, family feels. Yeah, from what I've heard, they were very close. And, you know, Hay was her only daughter. And for Justin Brown to say that we're not asking for them to just let Adnan go. We're just asking for a new trial. Yeah, why not, Justin? If you're so sure Adnan's innocent, why why aren't you asking for them to let him go? (laughs) It's like, we'll respect the court's verdict. We just don't respect the Supreme Court of Maryland's decision. But we'll respect it if he gets a new trial. Or the 12 jurors who found him guilty in the first place. We we, we just don't, we don't think that's right. We just want a fair look at it. But those haven't been fair looks. So we just want another fair look 20 years later. It's not even a fair look when they talk about, like, oh, it's been, you know, overturned by so many lower courts. Okay, yeah, twice, but it wasn't, like, overturned because there's so much evidence of his innocence or, you know, maybe, you know, he is not guilty or, like, this is really great. It's just little technicality, like, um, even though we can prove Ace is lying, like, her letters are fake and she lies in them, like, the one was overturned because the attorney never contacted her. Like, it doesn't matter if she's lying or not, the fact that she didn't contact her was enough for that court to say maybe she get a new trial. And then the other one was all over the cell evidence just because the uh, expert who testified said that he hadn't seen a fax cover sheet. Like, just small little things that would have changed nothing. You know, it's not, there's nothing exculpatory for Adnan. There's not one piece of evidence that you can look at to say, you know, oh, maybe it wasn't him or it probably wasn't him. Point at somebody else. So the Supreme Court of Maryland, thank goodness, got it right. And the Supreme Court of the United States is never going to hear his case. Right. Don't they, it has to be some kind of um, violation um, 
of I, I think it's a constitutional violation is one yeah, thing. Yeah, I think you, you have, have to, to prove, prove a constitutional like a, a violation. Constitutional right, or <laughs> uh, yes, a, a constitutional rights have been violated, or a treaty has been violated, like an international <laughs> treaty. I mean, and they just never hear these kind of cases. I mean, it's literally the biggest long shot ever. And not only will they pretty much guaranteed not hear it. They would never grant it. He could never prove that they have violated his constitutional rights. So, I mean, do you think they're just... What do you think the purpose of a, of a piece like this, was, which is clearly trying to get the public to believe that this was some kind of miscarriage of justice? Yeah, this is their last, you know, Hail Mary, like, ditch effort, because they know, again, that the Supreme Court's never going to hear the case. So all they can do is... You know, Robbie has started out from the beginning wanting this to be a West Memphis 3 type thing. And so they want to get the public, you know, riled up and put pressure on them to give him that Alfred plea. They absolutely don't really want a new trial. They want an Alfred plea, and this is now the only way that they could possibly do it. So I expect to see a lot of interviews and a big PR push coming up. Right, so they just want to give the public incorrect facts to get them riled up to believe that this is a, a miscarriage of justice. And, you know, you you worry about um, some kind of young politician who wants to get uh, popular with the public, who's just been elected, um, you know, like a governor giving, giving Adnan a pardon. I hope that doesn't happen. I mean, but that, almost something similar with the West Memphis Three, at least. it was, Wasn't was it a new prosecutor? Yes, it was a new that prosecutor. That didn't have any ties to the case and stuff. It was just like, oh, yeah, sure. He, he, he said that he believed they were guilty when he released them, which is the number one comment I get on my West Memphis Three videos is that they wouldn't release the West Memphis Three. They wouldn't release these triple child murders out to the public if they thought they were guilty. But... <laughs> He clearly uh, expressed when he did release them that he he believed the West Memphis Three were guilty, but he wanted to win uh, political points. He uh, you know he he succumbed to pressure. He didn't know much about the case. It wasn't personal to him. You look at a case like Centoya Brown, who I believe is very dangerous. I know that makes me very po- unpopular, especially among um, feminists, uh, but. You know, I believe she's dangerous, and she's being released thanks to Kim Kardashian and and a few other celebrities who saw a docu- saw a documentary and and think that that she she got a raw deal. So, I, I definitely think she's dangerous. When you read those statements that she said to the uh, nurse and the fellow her fellow prisoner, talking about you know wanting to like watch the blood spill from their bodies and stuff. Right. I think she's definitely dangerous. Right. Uh, what Alexa's is referring to is Centoya Brown said to a nurse who uh, angered her in prison that she was going to do to the nurse just like she did to her victim, only she and she was going to enjoy watching the blood, uh, you know, Did she spatter. say shoot her like more times? Like more times. Yeah, I'm not going to just do it twice like I did my victim... Um, you can check my Twitter account, uh, or maybe I'll, I'll, I'll post them in the show notes, the, the quotes. And she also told a fellow inmate that she just shot her victim because she wanted to see what it felt like to kill somebody. And because of public pressure at PR, she is 
uh, you know, they didn't even just reduce her sentence, they let her out. And Amanda Knox, I know it's not, you know, in the U.S., but it was pressure from the U.S. government for sure and media to let her out. And they always talk about, you know, oh, the Supreme Court there exonerated her. No, they didn't. They even say in the uh, final verdict or whatever that she was, she had to have been there that night. Like right. That's part of the thing is that she was there and washed Meredith's blood off of her hand. That's her exonerating opinion is that she washed me. I'm sorry to laugh. It's just so, it's so ridiculous. Uh, absurd that Amanda Knox is running around saying, I was exonerated by the third court of Italy. Uh, who said that she was there that night and she washed Meredith Kircher's blood off her hands. So that's her exonerating opinion. And most Americans don't know PR. that. What? Yeah, and she spent a, her father spent a million dollars in PR and he said it was the smartest decision he ever made. Oh my gosh, I didn't know that. Her father spent a million dollars? Uh-huh. Gogordy Murat. I, I mean, I, I know I'm, I'm, I'm mispronouncing that terribly, um, but... Yeah, that's that's who they hired. Well, fortunately, uh, that last Kickstarter for Adnan didn't, or GoFundMe, that's what it was, didn't uh, raise that much money. So hopefully it won't have the, you know, pressure that all these other cases have. Yeah, do you think that the um, case against Adnan Syed, that film that HBO, that Amy Burke, <laughs> who directed the one of the West Memphis Three uh, she shilled for the West Memphis Three, then she shilled for Adnan with this ridiculous, um, what's pseudo-documentary for Adnan. Do you think that helped or hurt him? I don't think it changed one person's mind to think he was innocent. Like, I, every single thing that I've read about it is bad. Like, I've not seen one person say, oh my gosh, this documentary makes me think he's innocent. It's always the opposite like I don't even know why they did this documentary he's obviously guilty I see a lot of um, people talking about how they don't understand how there's so much fascination with the case because it's not a hard one it's pretty obvious that he's guilty yeah well I agree well thank you so much and WJZ you failed terrible piece but kudos for putting up the Supreme Court ruling on of Baltimore on your website you did one thing right, at least. So thank you, Alexa, for talking to me about this case. It's always a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me on. Everybody I meet, I'm going to tell everybody I agree. I'm going to tell.